This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. They say that time heals all wounds. It's a nice thought. I hate to debunk it, and to be perfectly frank, I struggle to recall just now if I have already done so in a prior fit of introspection in the course of these ribald little tales of adventure. But the fact remains that it is entirely too neat, and I can't quite help myself. Kind of like a kid poking an anthill with a stick. I'm not the kind to show off my scars just to get some poor soul to ask about them. The fact remains that I know a thing or two about wounds, both physical and... less so. The former mostly do heal if they don't kill you first, but they almost always leave a mark of some kind. A little something to catch when you shave, or an ache when it rains. Just so you never forget, as if you ever could. As for the other kind of wound, I've always remained profoundly uncertain if time was healing, or just replacing them with newer, shinier wounds that seem to make others pale by comparison. But there is no denying that both varieties seemed less important as the days turned into years, and maybe that's close enough to healing to make our cliché du jour as true as anyone was likely to be. But on the other hand, and yes, I have lost track of whether I'm on the third or fourth hand here, thank you for asking, I'm of the mind that if a wound were well and truly healed, it wouldn't just reopen at the drop of a hat. Or at the opening of the grey-green door that bore the words Justice and Dixon, Private Investigations, with the misplaced pride and optimism that a ship might bear the name Titanic. Good afternoon. Can I help you? God, I hope so. Nice. Do you need a detective, or do you just go door-to-door getting fresh? That depends. On what? On whether option B is working. I'll keep you posted. I'm Trixie Dixon of Justice and Dixon, though you can call me Trixie if it helps you to relax. Have a seat, Mr... Packer. Edward Packer. But you can call me Eddie if it makes you feel more... charitable? They say charity begins at home. A place you're not likely to ever see. Ah, maybe. I've got a real nice pair of binoculars. Hmm. Creepy and voyeuristic. You're improving. You're an unusual girl. And it's not even lunchtime. You're very quiet. Who, him? Who else? You could have meant the dog. Which was the more likely scenario? Not even a smile, Sarge? Back rat. (laughs) Haven't been called that in a while. I must have missed the newsletter. You've been scarce is all. So have you. <laughs> so you know about that. Well, different reasons. Yeah, well, reunions are all very nice till you realize that you've been at the same one and said the same thing to the same people five or six times. I take it you two schoolgirls know each other? She's really something, Sarge. She yours? <laughs> no, I'm mine. Talk about me in the third person again and I'll give you a fat lip. Hmm, do I get to pick which one? Drink, Packer? Hell yes, that's the Sarge I know. I haven't been called that in a while myself, Ed. Fair enough. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, war buddies? Something like that. Mm-hmm. This going to get messy? What's that supposed to mean? Not to sound ungrateful, Eddie. I'm as happy as the next girl that you boys saved civilization and all that. But after a few whiskeys, you tend to think you did it single-handed. 
and by the time you start repeating the same stories over again, I, quite frankly, lose the will to live. Maybe I'll go get my hair done. Boy, she really is something. I warned you about that. Yeah, you did. Listen, I came to talk to the sergeant about a job, but maybe you should stay. A job? Yeah, it could work. Well, that's more like it. Not really interested in any job, Ed. You off your head? Trixie. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the landlord won't actually take the rent in magic beans anymore. I have the paperwork to prove it. Things a little tight? Things are fine. Things have been worse, but they are never fine. Trixie, just go to lunch or something, would you? Packer and I will have a quick drink and talk old times. You sure? Very sure. It could work. I said no, Packer. No jobs. Jack! No jobs or no jobs with her? None. At all. Not even one. What the screaming blue heck is this? Mr. Packer, if you've known old Squarejaw for as long as you say, you can't be that surprised to learn that I am, in fact, the brains of the operation. If you have a job to discuss, you discuss it with me. Jack, pour me a drink. Trixie. Argue? Don't argue. It's entirely up to you, but pour me a drink, Rochester. I've changed my mind. She's in or it's off. It is off. I've been telling you it's off. It is so off, it was never on. Can I just say something? No. Put that away. What is that, a Beretta? In fact, it is. Begun for such a little girl. Turns you on, doesn't it? So very, very much. Sit down and tell me what the job is or it'll turn you off. Permanently. She's perfect. She knows. Trixie, Private Packer is not looking for a detective. Or two detectives. This is true, actually. Well, then. No, I got nothing. I thought I was here about a job. I am. He is. Come get your drink. Holy cats, were those legs hiding behind your desk the entire time with the Rockettes in town? Focus, Eddie. I swear I'm trying, but my eyes are watering. I'm going to give you to the count of one. Packer, why don't you just tell the nice lady why you missed so many reunions for the last two to four years? It was two years, seven months, and eleven days. And about an hour and a half. He was a guest of the state. The state has lousy hospitality, not even a mint on the pillow in all that time. You're a con? Only in the sense that I was convicted of a crime... I've committed hundreds, so you've got to admit my average is still pretty good. So when you say you have a job... I have a job. And brother, what a job. Not our line of work, Eddie. Yeah, but the terms of my parole do not allow me to associate with my brother professionals of the earth. Uncle Sam, having provided me with a distinguished company of talented amateurs, who am I to argue? Besides, this is no ordinary job. So you keep saying. Best of luck with that. Wait. You came here to try and get this walking haircut to go on a crime spree with you? Not a spree. Pros don't go on sprees. A job. I stand corrected. You gonna go get your hair done after all? Nope. Why not? Because I don't trust you not to do something stupid in my absence. Have I said anything but no since he walked in the door? No. So why would I start now? You forget. You're an idiot. Ah. I mean it, Blondie. We could use you on this. It could work. Eddie, for the love of St. George, will you give it up? There is nothing you can say that is going to get me to go in on this. Grunwald. What? Come on, Jackie. Don't tell me you've forgotten Colonel Grunwald. Who or what is a Colonel Grunwald? Nobody. He's nobody. She may not like war stories, Jackie, but even she knows that's not true. He's a ghost. Forget it. Who needs a top-up? Top-up, yes. Ghost, no. One of you morons want to make with the exposition before I burn this theater to the ground? 
You've gathered, I assume, that I spent a little time in sunny Italy with a rifle in my hand, yes? Yes. Landed near the toe and made our way up the laces, village by village, rock by rock. Cut to the chase before I salute you to death. We spent a charming spell holed up in a pass in the mountains. There wasn't much fight left in the Italians by that point. They were already wondering who got us mixed up in this mess and how quick can we string him up. The Germans were less inclined to roll over. The German lines were held in check by the local SS colonel, name of Grunwald. He was a sadist. Liked to leave parts of his prisoners for us to find our own guys. Left a bag of heads on a tree branch for us once, remember that? Shut up. The brass knew we'd never break through while Grunwald was there. His own men were too scared of him to fall down when you killed them. So the brass sent the best sniper we had out after Colonel Grunwald. A real stone-cold killer. The best. What happened? I killed him. No, Jackie. You shot him. I killed him, Packer. You were there. Yeah, okay, that's nice, except he's in town. Which town? This town. For a few weeks, anyway. Calls himself Gandler now. Passes himself off as an Austrian. An art dealer. How do you like that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? Jackie, these lovers, they looted Europe. How much do you think this guy is sitting on? He's in town with paintings worth a cool million, and there's no one to say he isn't the right owner because they burned the right owners to death. Couldn't be him. It's him. You saw him fall through a scope. You couldn't know. You did what you were supposed to do. You took him off the board and saved a lot of lives doing it. Packer, shut up. It's all right. I'm not that guy anymore, Eddie. I'm not going back out after Grunwald or Gandler or whoever he is. I'm not going to kill him. Who said kill him? We're going to rob him blind. What? It's the perfect setup. He can't cry too loud at the cops. His credentials have got to be faked somewhere along the line. It's the perfect score. We take his nest egg, stick it to him, but good. You bet there's somebody back home he's answering to. They won't like that much. Eddie. Glenn Morton is in. Mort? Why? I put the job together for him. He always was the best driver in the unit, and he can handle this. Why would Mort need Because he's dying, Jack. He doesn't want anyone else to know. You remember what a proud guy he was? He's got six months, and he doesn't have a thing to leave to his daughter, Jackie. Eddie, we can't just go against the law like this. (laughs) Tell Babe Miller about the law, would you? The sheriff is going to take his house any day. The babe? The babe and his six babes. Out in the street. Not much he can do with two mortgages and no job, but he can handle this. I know he can. What about you, Packer? What's so important for you to go up against Grunwald again? Me? I don't give a rat's rear about Grunwald, Jackie. That's you. You're the one that would never be able to live with yourself. The man you were supposed to kill a dozen years ago finished off three more of your old pals. You really are a son of a... Yeah, ain't I just. For me, Jackie, I never struck out but once in my life and it left me with nothing. I get one last big score under my belt and go out a winner. No more jobs, Jackie. No more. Not ever. But I can't make it work without you, Sergeant. What do you say? He says we're in. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. I'm here to see Mr. Gandler, please. 
Uh, it's all right, Marion. I'm Mr. Gandler. Can I help you, miss? Cameron. Trisha Cameron. I'm sorry, I'm a little early. Uh, miss Cameron. Lovely to meet you. I'm sorry, I don't quite... I wasn't supposed to meet Paul here until 11, but I was so excited I just couldn't wait. I hope I'm not a bother. <laughs> a beautiful woman is never a bother, whenever she may arrive. Oh my, you are a charmer. I adore your accent. Are you Dutch? Uh, no, my dear. Austrian. A girlfriend of mine dated a Dutchman for a while. Said he was a perfect gentleman. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, whom did you say you were here to meet? Paul. Paul Nardi, from New York. Uh, but uh, I understood that Mr. Nardi was traveling today and arriving tomorrow. Oh, dear. I'm afraid I might be the cause of this little mix-up. Paul decided to come in a little early to spend a little time with me. We get so few opportunities to catch up. I feel certain that we were to be here today. Oh, you and Mr. Nardi are... Uh... Just good friends. Perhaps you would care to sit with me in the office for a few minutes while we wait for Mr. Nardi. Are Austrians perfect gentlemen as well? We have our moments, Miss Cameron. I hope so. Uh, while we wait, uh, Marion will get in touch with Mr. Nardi's office. I shouldn't think he would appreciate that, Mr. Gandler. His office thinks he has a meeting in Philadelphia today. Uh, but why would... Uh, uh, is it possible that he was being discreet about his visit with you, Miss Cameron? Oh, my. You are a perfect gentleman, aren't you? I think that we can spare a little time to wait for your friend together. Uh, this way. Thank you. I apologize if I seem a trifle flustered. We have only just finished setting the works out for display. We are not really set up for showings. Oh, dear. Paul will be disappointed. Oh, I hardly think that we could refuse a man of Mr. Nardi's standing an advanced tour. Would you care for a highball? Thank you. And if Paul is right about what you have to show, I know it'll be worth our while. And yours, too. <laughs> How much has he told you? Oh, he likes to be a man of mystery. He knows I don't know much about art, but I do find all the mystery terribly exciting. Of course. Uh, perhaps you would like to accompany me to the gallery upstairs and take, uh, what is the phrase, uh, sneak preview? Oh, no. Anticipation is everything, don't you think? I certainly do. I certainly do. All right. It's true that I'd never met a Nazi before, and I wouldn't know an Austrian accent if it strolled over with a highball and put its hand on my thigh. I did know this much about our Mr. Gandler. He was one cool customer. Not two minutes after learning that one of the most feared men in New York was on his way, the little colonel was working on his girl. Well, after all, he was only human. I reflected that Mr. Packer's information was good. He not only knew the setup here, but the timetable, the comings and goings of the bigwigs. He knew that security today would be a fraction of what it would be when Gandler was putting on a show for his wealthy guests. If the stolen art treasures of Europe were to be stolen yet again, now would be a really good time. Now, if I could just keep the headman busy without having to actually keep him busy, if you catch my meaning. If I was lucky, he would try and get me drunk. If I was really, really, really unlucky, Paul... The big man, Nardi, actually would show up a day early and wonder who the heck I was. It was an outside chance, but it had been a long time since I'd committed anything like a crime, and I found myself a little skittish at the prospect and inclined to imagine the worst. I reminded myself that this would all be over soon, as long as Jack didn't screw things up too badly. I guess there had to be a first time. Sooner or later. Maybe. Maybe. 
It's clear. Not so loud, Sarge. There'll be a man on this floor. End of the hall. Got his back turned, kind of obligingly. What's going on up there? Shut up, Mort! Jackie, take care of him. Here. Put the knife away, Packer. I'll give him the sap. Just do what you're gonna do. Go. What is it? What's wrong? Shut up, Mort, for Pete's sake. There's a guard. Jackie's got it. So just tell me, Packer. I'm on a ladder in an elevator shaft. How do I know? Shut up, Mort! Jeez! Done. Get a move on. Where's the guard? Gonna tie him up in a closet. You gone soft, Sarge? I don't want to talk about this. I'll be back. <clears throat> Where's Jackie going? Stowing the guard. He kill him? Knocked him out. What if he wakes up? He won't wake up. What if he does? You don't kill a man if you don't need to, Glenn. It's bad business. Jackie knows. I thought these guys were Nazis. Lunwald was a Nazi. Doesn't mean his hired muscle is. If we kill a man, we're in deep. We're in deep already, aren't we? Not yet. Babe Miller's got the elevator and the super up on fifth while he plays maintenance man. We climbed up an empty shaft. Jackie hit a man in the head. That's the whole score if you want out now. Who said anything about wanting out? If you do, now's the time and no later. I can do this, Packer. If I didn't know that, I wouldn't have asked you. Just don't worry about me. I got the nerves in that shaft is all. It's close in there. Close in where? The elevator shaft. It's small and hot and dark is all. Mort, you think maybe you could have told me that you're claustrophobic? It ain't like that. I'm all man. I just don't like small places is all. You make my head hurt, Glenn. Why are we standing around? Mort doesn't like tight spaces. Okay, so what? Jackie, I got a few nerves. I'm all right, I promise. It's okay, Glenn. Packer, I mean it, so what? We got things here. You handle the ladder. Me? Who else? You know the goods. We bring everything back to the shaft. You take them down. When we get halfway down, you start loading the truck. I'll take over the shaft. Mort finishes up here, and we get out of Dodge before Babe Miller and Trixie run out of stalls. Sounds good to me. Sarge, I knew you'd be good at this. Swell. Get started with the paintings in here. Glenn, the big room is this way. You got it, Jack Boy. It's, it's good to see you again, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Strange circumstances. Yeah, it sure is. I can't believe there was only one guy for a big place like this. Yeah, they're not open for business yet. And nobody is supposed to know they're here. Still, holy cats. Isn't it, though? This place, it's its like... Who was that guy in the in the story? Uh, Alibaba? I, I feel like Alibaba. Open sesame. Yeah. Where do you want me to start? Let's start at the far end. That way, when you're doing this alone, you won't have so far to walk. Always thinking. That was, uh, that was pretty tough about Babe Miller's house, wasn't it? Sure was. And him with all the mouths to feed... Boy, it makes you think. Sure does. Where did he find the time to have six kids, anyway? Five. I thought it was six. Nah, Packer said five. He told me six. Well, who's counting, right? <laughs> Where do we start? I don't think it matters. It's all gotta go. Let's grab these paintings. Right, Jack. Six babes. What? He said babe and his six babes. He must have been counting babe's wife. No, his wife died last year. She did. Packer didn't tell you? He didn't mention it. And it was already getting a little maudlin in there. I guess so. I guess so. So, uh, how, uh... How you feeling these days, Jackie? What? Fine, Glenn. Good. Never better. Oh, sure, sure. Hey, these things are heavy, aren't they? How was Packer gonna get these down the ladder? He knows what he's doing. Yeah, okay. But why did he want me to do it, then? He did, didn't he? You know he did. It was Packer's playbook. You on the ladder, 
Bape up on fifth and me with him the whole time. I guess we can't complain. He's used to working with pros. Come on. Let's get back for another load. Sure. Sure. Hey, how's the family, Glenn? Oh, good, Jack. Thanks for asking. You got a daughter, don't you? A girl? No, Jackie. Two boys, 15 and 8. That's right. Sorry, I missed a few reunions there. Me too. <laughs> and babe, from what I hear. Is that right? Listen, Glenn, give me a second, would you? I need to use the house phone over there. Mr. Gandler's office. Nice. You're playing secretary already? It isn't quite the game he wanted to play, but he's in no position to get picky. You sure the real secretary is on his line? I dialed direct. How's it going down there? Don't you trust me? I don't trust anyone today. It's plan A, by the way. That's good. Not like we had a plan B. We'd have come up with something. We usually do. Where's Gandler? Try to get me drunk. So he's sleeping like a baby? A big drunk baby, yes. The office door is closed and the girl at the desk must think he's taking advantage of me even as we speak. Because she's been pretty scarce. Tell me about him. What's to tell? His manner changed when he got drunk, but whose doesn't? His accent might have changed, too. Can't be sure. I'm a little sauced myself. Describe him. I thought you might be wondering, so I rifled through his desk drawers. He's got correspondence in one of the many languages I do not speak, addressed to Herr Grunwald. Oh, yeah. Into every lie a little truth must fall. You want I should shoot him? What? Does that seem like a really good idea? Mm, I don't know. I'm pretty drunk. Look, do me a favor and get out of there. You're in no condition to entertain, and this could go right to blazes. Rumple yourself up so the girl at the desk stays away for a while and walks straight out the door. Always classy. That's our Trixie. You gonna be okay? Do you care? Not really. <sighs> Time for my fallen angel routine. I'll start baking you a cake with a file in it just in case. You do that. How we doing? Good. We got more than half the goodies down here now. Time to start loading the truck. You don't look happy. Yeah, I guess not. Anything in particular, or you just object to the good life on spec? You told Glenn Morton I was dying. <laughs> this is why you wanted us all on different jobs. You wanted Morton the shaft, so we wouldn't talk. Yeah. You've all got just enough larceny in your souls and revenge in your hearts to make this work. But something had to put you over the edge. You wouldn't do it for the score, but you'd do it for each other. And just to clarify, Babe Miller's house... Babe rents an apartment, as far as I know. Though I expect that'll change when he gets his share. His share? That's right. I did all right by you clowns, even if I had to trick you into doing it. And we stuck it to Grunwald in the process. Come on, Jack, can't you be happy just for a little while? What's this worth? <laughs> that painting? I don't know. Ten, maybe twenty thousand, just that one. Good. Slip it under that piece of tarp. Take it up the ladder to third. Get out and walk to the back like you're a repairman. The office window opens under the roof next door. The fire escape is on the north side. What is this, Sarge? It's a head start. What did you do? Local PD is out back waiting till the truck is half full. Then they move in and find the boodle, which gives the boys from the State Department they happen to have with them cause to raid the building. Grunwald gets picked up on the forged credentials, and somebody else figures out whether or not he's a war criminal. I was never sure that we all weren't. God's sake, Jack, if you wanted to avenge, you could have taken it like a man! I'm not that guy anymore, Packer. Not that stone-cold killer. You'd have known that if we hadn't both missed so many reunions. 
but you counted on that. Counted on all of us not knowing much about each other anymore and feeling like hell about that somewhere deep down. I counted on you not to sell out your brothers. Sell them out! I cut them a deal, Eddie. They get off scot-free. They may even get a reward if the boys at state can return some of these goodies to the rightful owners. Rightful owners are dead, Jack! You're sure about that, are you? So sure you can live with yourself if you finish Grunwald's crimes for him? I couldn't cut a deal for you, Packer. They know who planned this, and they know that you're a con. This is the best I could do. Local PD won't be watching that alley. They may not even look real hard for a few hours, though I didn't get a promise on that. Never thought you'd be the one to sell me out. Sergeant, sell you out. I saved you, Packer. You'd have been bored, stiff, retired. Now you've got back the nest egg you lost, and you get to plan your last big score all over again. Now get the hell out of here before I change my mind. And that was how it went. I had a killer headache, and the agency had a few dozen favors we could call in as needed from various law enforcement organizations. Glenn Morton and Babe Miller got a few thrills and seemed relieved, if a little surprised, when it all went down without them changing into prison stripes. Herr Grunwald entered the care of Uncle Sam, to what end I never did find out, which probably means he's working for a three-letter agency somewhere in Europe by now. The bad guys always seem to land on their feet. And Jack? He had one more friend who'd never speak to him again. Or maybe not. They say that time heals all wounds, after all. At least, that's what they say. Blackjack Justice, episode 45, The Score, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons. Also heard were Peter Nickel, Robert Westgate, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Buongiorno. I am Flaudio, and I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening, an evening for two lovers, lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, it is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects, I turn up the soundscape, and the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss, where there is no world except the one we make with our love. No time except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true.
This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by the Amigos.